Leading Ladies, a concert in celebration of Women's History Month featuring Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, Christina Perry. At the King's Theater in Brooklyn, New York on Wednesday, March 20th. Tickets are on sale now. You don't want to miss this amazing night of music dedicated to uplifting women's voices. With Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, and Christina Perry. Odyssey's Leading Ladies presented by Olay Body. Buy your tickets now at kingstheater.com. It's more Middays with MFB right now on the WEEI Sports Radio Network and WEEI.com. Krug wrists it cross ice, skips past Kelly. Soderbergh steers to the dot to Erickson, gets knocked down by Jackman. Barkowski to slap pass to Krug. Krug fires, he scores! The, gr- the girl's name is Erica Hammond. You know, I found her. Listen. I found her online. She, there's no way what? Joseph could do better than this. What? Or you, you or what? anybody else in Have this building. Have you seen what I'm with right now? Have you seen that hot blonde that, I, that I'm with right now? <laughs> yes. Miss Kim. Like, but, well, how old is, you, how old is Erica? Like 21 or something like that? Wait, 22? What? How old is this girl? I, I do not know what you're talking about. I am like under, I am, She's I am damage control right now. Get Joseph back I in the phone. I am damage control right now. See what you've done? See, I knew this was a mistake. I'm going to be Googling her, sending her tweets, and sending her Instagram pics. I just I mean, followed Google her on me. Twitter. You just gave Did you a lot just of follow her? Absolutely. She's, a lot of she's good looking, isn't she? She's incredible. If he's doing Who better than this, wow. I mean, what? I mean, now you hate him now? No, I'm jealous is what I am. Right? I mean, he's perfect. I mean, if you're right. young, you're not, you, don't, you're, you have a lot of money, you know, and you got a lot of free time. We'll get back to Joseph trash talking Rob Ninkovich in a little bit. Um, in I, the interview, you know what, you guys, you guys, seriously, let me just get real, real quick. <laughs> let's, yeah. I know, like, let's get real. Andy's on the hotline. Yeah, so. let's oh, get, Andy. Yeah. No, no, we'll, we'll Andy, get to him in a second. No, let's just trying to get real, Andy. Go I'm going to try to get real. I'm going to give myself a second. Okay. Because you guys did everything I told you not to do. Yep. Right. Now I'm. Gonna, now it's damage control. Damage control. Tweeting my, you know, texting my parents, texting you know, his mother, texting him. Hey, listen, don't worry about it. Keep a positive attitude. Get real. You know. Don't worry about that little goofball get, Joey that wants to go out with you. Like, let's get to the Bruins. Get the brick. Yeah, let's get the hockey. <laughs> we'll change the topic and pretend that whole interview never happened. Okay. Andy Brickley joins us right now from Nesson on the AT&T hotline to talk about the Bruins and their win last night. 2 to nothing, a shutout over the St. Louis Blues. It's the first shutout of the year for Tuukka Rask. But more importantly, Andy, I think I saw this on Nesson. Today is the anniversary of your first career hat trick, right? <laughs> It's uh, the anniversary of a hat trick, but not my first. Okay, not my first. All right, well, happy anniversary. How about that? Hey, thanks. That feels good. What about Tuca last night? In fact, I thought his best save was against his own guy in Dougie Hamilton. What do you think? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, that rebound that went off Hamilton, he had to make an athletic move and really track that puck. And you're probably right, although there were some other real good looks and maybe a timely save that will rank right up there is the best save last night. It was in the first period when the game was very much who knows how it's going to go. And Shattenkirk walks in from the point on the power play, and he's just dead center, dead red. And Tuca has to get off the goal line and get out and challenge him. And and that was probably as important to save as the one he made off Dougie. Hey, uh, Brick, you know, I was just, we were thinking about, talking about this last night, actually. Tuca Rask, it's almost like similar to Brady, right? Like, is he getting the help early on in the year? Is his performance down, or is the defenseman in front of him? When you look at Tuca, was you know, getting pulled in Toronto, not that start in Montreal, could that be a moment to kind of, because he was outstanding last night, kind of get yeah, back to so. see him? Yeah, you hope so. Um, 
you know, you go up into Toronto, you look at Patuga Rash to play well, and I know that opened the door for the argument about, you know, who's going to play against who as far as Svedberg and going into Montreal, et cetera, and that was, uh, that was a topic du jour last week, or, or because of the way they lost and the fashion that they lost, and by the score that they lost, it didn't look so good, and you could have come back with Rask against Montreal after the quick yank against the Leafs, but yeah, when you take a look at what needed to change coming off those two losses uh, in Canada, uh, yeah, we'll get to Rask in a second, but to your point about what's going on around him, Claude had to make some adjustments with his defense and his defensive pairs and his, his personnel. He had to break up the uh, the Seidenberg-Hamilton combination. They were atrocious against the Canadians. So he has to split them up. He's going to take Trotman out of the lineup. He really wasn't giving him a whole lot in terms of what are you as a player. You know, he's just kind of another guy and not really earning ice time in terms of how are we going to win hockey games. So you reinsert Matt Barkowski and hope that he was getting the work done in practice and he's ready to make some necessary adjustments because uh, he was not playing well, particularly in the Minnesota game, which was the last game that he played. And then you had to determine which left-handed shot can slide over the right side and give us the best balance that we're looking for, and it becomes Tory Krug, who's battling a broken finger. So that's what the decisions were all about. Change the defensive pairs. Uh, get get uh, some better focus from your forwards on the back pressure. And then we'll talk about Chuka Rask. So Rask needed up his game. He's one of these guys that uh, pretty even keel. It's okay to have some emotion, and uh, he was criticized at times when he was a younger player about being overly emotional, but now that he's been... Where he's been, he's been to the top in terms of individual awards. He's won a Stanley Cup, even though Thomas was the guy that year. He's had some deep playoff runs. So he's got that veteran experience, that veteran calm, and he knows with key guys out of the lineup, and even with Krejci coming back, he needed to be way better than he's been. So, yeah, hopefully this is the beginning of a good run. If you take a look at his splits home and away, he's been dominant at home. Now he needs to address the lack of success that he's had on the road. How about Matt Barkowski? He's uh gets benched, but the last uh, two games he's looked pretty good, and he was involved in both those goals last night. What have you seen that's been the biggest difference? Was it just the fact that he just needed a little kick in the pants to get going, or has he actually kind of been just, you know, playing just better? Yeah, well, time kicking the pants is always a good thing, Christian. You know that. Um, but this kid is, uh, and I say kid, you know, he's in his mid twenties. He's he's got some NHL experience under his belt. He's a guy that should be ahead of the curve in terms of the other call ups that were playing in front of him and. Yeah, he needed a little discipline. He needed a little wake-up. He needed to be called out, although I don't know if Cloach's calling out is, is Mike Keenan-esque or, or in, you know, in that manner. But, yeah, just a healthy scratch and say, you know, figure your game out and I'm going to play some inexperienced guys over you. I mean, that's a pretty clear message. But as far as the X's and O's, it all starts with decision-making and his skating game. He made good decisions. He made pretty good decisions against the Carolina Hurricanes. Uh, but given where he was at, and go back to that Minnesota game, to the way he played last night is night and day. He skated. He took ice when it was there. His skating ability. He's probably the best skater they have as far as the defenseman are concerned. Um, even when he makes some lapses in decisions, he has the skating ability to recover. You saw that a couple of times last night. One in particular on Steen. It looked like Steen might have a breakaway. Uh, I believe it was Steen. Yeah. And then, uh, and then getting involved and just playing with a little bit more confidence and ice time being put in the right situations, making some good plays, that first pass coming out of his own zone. When you start to do that, because you've been through it, that confidence can come back pretty rapidly. Andy Brickley is brought to us by Shaw's Supermarkets, our guest here from Nesson on 93.7 WEEI. Brick, what was your thought on the Frazier goal being disallowed? Was that the proper call or not? And what did you think about the eventual explanation that came from the referees? 
yeah, I didn't think it was the right call, and I don't care for the explanation from where I sit and from all the replays that I saw and totally understanding that things happen at a pretty rapid pace at ice level. Uh, real time and those decisions can be tough and they've tried real hard to protect goalies and that's one of the point of emphasis this year. But that looked like a good goal. Certainly when you watch every replay, Elliot had a chance to make a play on the puck. He actually played the puck not once but twice, you know, in that sequence and you have a guy on a net drive that kind of just trips and locks skates and falls forward and the puck goes in off his body. I thought it was a good goal. I thought it was the wrong call and I did not like the explanation. Hey, Brick, well, I mean, if they're going to have instant replay, um, why are certain things, I get this in all sports, I get frustrated with it, why are certain things not reviewable, right, if you have instant replay, something like that, why would that not be reviewable? Because we haven't evolved to that point yet, Lou. Uh, I think it's a work in progress. They don't want to take everything out of the hands of the officials. Mm -hmm. uh, they like the human element. I think everybody in, in all sports likes the human element when you talk about officials. Um, I think they are tracking a ton of data this year to see if they can add, to your point, to see if they can add to what you know should be reviewable based on how important it is when you're trying to determine winners and losers at the end of the night and how important points are. So that may be a reviewable play at some point next year. Who knows? Maybe even sooner. You see that they're doing away with the dry scrape. Uh, going into overtime now, and that's already a change. We're only, what, seven weeks into the season. They see it's not working. So maybe they will change that. Maybe they will put that under review. But my expectation is that if they do change it, you won't see it till next year. Yeah, Brick, I'm glad you brought that up because that's where I was going next. They're eliminating the dry scrape, which is neither here nor there. I guess I get why they're doing what they're doing. But the bigger deal that I thought came from the GM's meetings, again, to go back to replay, is they're going to now allow the refs to stop play in the middle if there's a disputed goal, in the middle of play if there's a disputed goal that they didn't call as a goal. In other words, that eliminates this non-existence of time that takes place if another goal is scored in the interim or there's a penalty or something like that. I, I think that's a wise move and one that was overdue. How do you feel? Yeah, I'm not sure, Tim. I think it's uh, – I'm one of these guys that uh, I'm not a visionary and I have a hard time seeing what that is going to play out like. Uh, I need that practical experience and I need to observe it. I need to see it in, 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 uh, in use maybe in the American Hockey League, if that's at all possible. But, you know, are their games televised and, and do they have enough of the cameras? And uh, maybe that's not a practical solution. But uh, I'm open-minded. I want them to get it right. As long as there's not extra delays to games and you maintain the pace and the integrity of the game, all right, I'm all for it. But show it, me, show it to me in practicality, and then, uh, and then I'll support it. All right, one more time. So, obviously, you know, a char goes down. And you're not really sure what to expect from the team, but based on what you've seen so far, what have you learned from this team while they've been out? I mean, what can you take away from it so far? I mean, I know it's early, and a lot of teams don't look the same in the beginning of the season as they do in the end. But just you know, based on what you've seen so far, what do you take away from it? Well, the good and the bad. I'll take uh, you know the bad is the inconsistency with this team, and when you say the flip side of that, the good is that even with a guy like Char in the lineup they've proven to themselves that they can beat a number of teams in this league, that five-game winning streak, and maybe they weren't the, the iron of the league. But there are no easy games in the NHL anymore. I mean, look at Buffalo. They've won a couple of big games. They spanked Toronto. Toronto spanked Boston. Buffalo beat San Jose last night. So there are no easy games in the National Hockey League. They've proven that they can win in the absence of Chara, in bursts, in the short term. Over the long term, obviously not, because Chara is a big part of your team. 
So it's the inconsistency game to game, period to period, that has bothered me because we know these this team as a group, when they play the way they're supposed to play and execute the game plan the way they're supposed to execute it and, and guys live up to that level of expectation that they've created for themselves, then this is going to be a, not only a playoff team, but a team that's going to challenge for the division and, and you know should get some home ice in the playoffs. And I think that's what I've taken most from the team as far as X's and O's. When they break the puck out of their own zone, they're as good as anybody in the league, and that's where their weaknesses have been this year. I'd like to see their penalty killing improve, and I'd like to see a little bit more identity or impact from their fourth line because they want to roll four lines and they want to play all 60. They very rarely shorten their bench. So those are my takeaways at the quarter pole for this Boston Bruins team. You know, hey, you know, I saw this video of uh, J.J. Watt, defensive end for the Houston Texans, you know, doing some uh, some hockey drills on the ice, and I guess he was a – pretty involved in youth hockey growing up, you know, did some international travel, but I guess it got a little bit too expensive for him. Have you ever seen, have you, do you know who I'm talking, you know who J.J. Watt is, if you watch him at all? I mean, can you imagine that guy in the NHL? (laughs) I mean, really, it's, I mean, talk about speed and power. I mean, would he just be one of the best, you know, enforcers ever? Or, I mean, any chance of recruiting guys like that? Yeah, and you gotta have that. Uh, you gotta have that element of mean and play most of the time on the edge and within the rules, and then combine that with skill. And you know, I know a guy like Gordy Howe is not in good health right now, but he was that kind of player. My generation was more like a messy. I think later generations, and and because he probably played with his head down a little too much, even though he was a dominant player, it was like an Eric Lindros was a mammoth human being as far as hockey players were concerned. But he had that J.J. Watt kind of combination and blend of skill and meanness and, and, and just overall talent and creativity. So to draw an analogy, those are the three guys that come to mind right away for me as far as uh, what that would look like. And maybe it's even to an, another degree when you start talking about football players like that. Yeah, you know, I, I want to get your take on this real quickly because in all sports, you know, coaches try and get certain players to kind of play a little bit rougher than they would naturally like based on their personality how much of it is is just the attitude you're born with and how much of that can be drawn out from a coach? I mean, is it is it possible to make a passive guy overly aggressive as far as what you've been seeing? Yeah, I mean, a coach can only demand certain things from his players and in order to get results, I think the biggest weapon he has is to take away ice time. And, and that's really not the situation uh, that you want to use to motivate a guy to play a little tougher or to do something that's just not natural to him. I think it's a better message if it comes from a teammate. You know, team toughness is as good as any just one tough player on a team. And I think that's really where young players learn. And, you know, it, it's fighting is trending away from the game. But, you know, a good fight early in your career is never a bad thing. Win or lose, you realize that, uh, you know, you're not, uh, not going to die, I guess is the phrase that we used to use. Uh, although this concussion thing has maybe changed the use of that phrase. Um but yeah, no, it's innate. You gotta kind of want to do it. You gotta want to be not afraid to go and uh, you know take a big hit to make a play. And the more you do it, the more you put yourself into those situations, and the more good results you get. Uh, I think really lends itself to this is how you become a tougher player, and this is how you become more impactful, and this is how you realize I actually have this as part of my weaponry now that I can really be a physical guy and add to the other skills that I have. Brick, thanks a bunch. Appreciate the Good time. Brick. We'll catch up with you again next week, okay? Oh, okay, boys. All right, Brick. That is Andy Brickley from Nesson, again brought to us by Shaw's Supermarkets.